Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. So I wonder what are you actually hoping for this Christmas? Who's hoping that the, uh, the weather is going to be good because you're going to a beach holiday in the next few days a week? Hands up, who's hoping for good weather? There's a whole bunch of you. Who's hoping that your husband will put jewellery under the tree instead of cleaning equipment this Christmas? Put your hands high in the air. There are a number of you. Who's hoping that Australia will win the cricket this summer? Hands high in the air. Who's thinks there's more hope of Australia winning the cricket than you getting jewellery under the tree this Christmas. There's a whole bunch of you. Who's simply hoping that as you hang a new calendar on the wall next year, that life gets a little bit easier? You know, sometimes when we talk about hope, it lacks any real certainty. It's more like wishful thinking. It's something that we really want to see happen, but we've got really no certainty that it will. And so we kind of cross our fingers and we hope that everything will turn out okay. But you actually don't need me to tell you this morning, because you already know this, that life doesn't always turn out exactly as we had hoped. Maybe 2018 has been one of those years for you. It's a year where life hasn't turned out quite as you had hoped. Maybe 2018 has involved some disappointment. And there's actually right now sitting in you a deep disappointment in your heart. You know, one of the things that can happen when... uh, life doesn't turn out as we'd hoped and we face disappointment, is that over time that disappointment can actually turn to doubts in our mind about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. We begin to doubt whether God really is good, whether He really is faithful. And if you allow those doubts to stay in your mind for too long, you end up in a place called despair. And despair, by definition, is the absence of any real hope. And maybe some of you, you you know what it feels like in, in maybe just one area of your life this year to live in despair, where, where there's no real hope for the future. This is how the, the nation of Israel were, were feeling in the 7th century B.C., they, uh, their leaders in the past had actually turned their back on God, they'd rejected God, and uh, it, they'd suffered the consequences for their rejection of God. A marauding army actually came and overtook their city, and their city was plundered. Their personal land and their homes were left in ruins. Their temple, where they worshipped God and they experienced the presence of God, was destroyed. But more than that, they were actually carried off. They weren't just left there in the rubble. They were taken away by this army 
as prisoners, as captives, to actually live in a place called Babylon where they didn't want to live. They, they were imprisoned. They were captive. And they'd been stripped of all of their possessions, and so they were dirt poor, and they were oppressed by their captors. They were treated like dirt. And, and in this situation... They can't see beyond their suffering. All they can see is suffering and disappointment and pain and they begin to doubt that God really is good and that God is faithful and they actually end up living in despair. And it's in to this situation of despair that God sends the prophet Isaiah with a message of hope. And right towards the end of, of the book that he writes, or that God puts on his heart, it says in chapter 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. Into their despair, God sends Isaiah with a message of hope. God gives despairing people hope for circumstantial change. That's, that's what God says. He says, I'm actually going to release you from captivity. I'm going to set you free from prison. I'm going to return you to your home. And this is good news for the poor. For those of you who have ended up poor, this is really good news because it's going to be a year of jubilee and the year of jubilee was actually written in to Jewish law that every 50 years when people became poor and dispossessed of their land, that the land was actually returned to its rightful owners. And this is what God is saying. He says, I'm going to put you back on your land, in your nation, with, with your temple, where, where my presence is, is with you. I'm going to change your circumstances. I, I am going to deliver you from captivity. I'm going to make a way for you to go home. But in Isaiah 42... We kind of see the context to this passage. And we see that God is actually announcing a new thing to his people before it springs into being. He's saying, this is what I'm going to do. He's giving them a message of hope in their despair that he's going to change their circumstances into the future. But, but there is a waiting. There is a delay to see it happen. There's a delay between the message of hope and their deliverance from suffering. And what I find is that it's in the delay of deliverance that doubts about God creep into our mind. When, when we're waiting for God to come through for us, doubts about God's goodness and faithfulness creep into our mind and we can turn to despair. And I know that some of you today, right now, are living in the delay of deliverance from your suffering. You've actually got a significant challenge in your marriage or your family, with your health, in your finances, 
You've got a significant you know, challenge you're trying to navigate in, in your workplace or, or your business. And, and you're trusting that God's got a good future for you. You're trusting that God is good and that he is faithful. But right now you're waiting. There is a delay of deliverance. And you've got a choice to make in the delay. In the delay in deliverance, you can actually choose to live in despair, which is the absence of hope, or you can choose to run into the arms of God who has hope for hurting people, who are waiting for the promise to come about. And so in this next verse, we see that God's not just a God who gives hope to despairing people for circumstantial change. He's also a God who gives hope to hurting people for inner healing. Just read verse 3 with me. It says, I'm going to comfort all who mourn. I'm going to provide for those who are grieving. I'm going to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And so God says to these exiles who are still living in the delay of deliverance from their circumstances, he's saying, hope is not absent while you're hurting, because I am there and I will heal you from your pain. And so God uses these really, you know, external, visual, everyday symbols to describe an invisible, yet real inner healing. Because what happens when we're hurting, what happens when we're disappointed is we get so focused on what has happened to us that has caused the pain or what is happening still to us that is causing us pain that that we can't see God and we can't see his hope and we can't see what he wants to do do in us in the midst of our pain. And so God uses these very external, very visual everyday symbols to describe an invisible inner healing. He says, I'm going to crown you with beauty instead of ashes. It's very visible. It's very visual. People would throw ashes over themselves, over their heads and over their clothes when they were in mourning to, to remember the death and the disappointment that they've faced. And God is saying, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty. And you see, you know, this, a crown w- w- was given to someone who was part of a royal family or a crown was given to a bride who is betrothed to a loving husband. And, and, and a crown says something about our identity. It says that we are loved by someone. It says that we, are, that we are part of a royal family, that God, you know, has given us power and, and we have value in his eyes. And what God is saying to these people that are hurting is that your identity is not in your suffering. Your suffering does not define your identity. You see, suffering screams really loudly to us. 
It, it tells us that it begin to, we get these doubts in our mind. We begin begins to tell us, you know, that we're unwanted, that we're that we're no good, that we're that we're not valuable. And I wonder if some of us today, God's wanting to do an invisible inner healing, and He's reminding you to put on your crown of beauty, to remind yourself who you are, that you are the bride of Christ. You are a son and daughter of the King of Kings. And maybe you've got to come up with an everyday ritual of just putting on your crown and declaring your identity because in it there is healing that happens on the inside. He goes on to say, I'm going to give you the oil of gladness instead of mourning. You see, oil was an everyday commodity and one of the things that would, they would do is when people were mourning, when their, when their skin you know, was, was ravaged and, and they were in pain from either fasting or when they were mourning, you know, one of the things that they could do was, was rub oil which had healing properties that soothed their skin. Susan's always telling me I should moisturize because I'm getting too many wrinkles and uh, I'm looking old. Put your hand up if you agree with Susan. <laughs> now I've never moisturized in my life until now. But it's, it's, it's soothing for your skin and that's what oil was you know, for, for the people that God is talking to, it was something that soothed their ravaged skin, that made a visible difference to their lives. And oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament. And God is saying, in the midst of your hurt and your pain, the disappointment that you're facing, I'm pouring out my Holy Spirit. It's a spirit that brings comfort and brings joy. And I wonder if some of us today have got to open our arms wide to the God who loves to pour out his Holy Spirit who brings comfort and healing in our midst of suffering. Because God is a God who has hope for inner healing for the hurting. And then lastly, he says, put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. If I've ever seen a garment of praise, this is it. It's a very visible reminder. You see, every day we put on clothes, we put on garments because we want some parts of our body to be invisible. And I'm glad you did that today. It would have been awkward if you didn't. But God is saying, put on you know, a garment of praise. It's something you've got to do every day in the midst of your hurting, even when life is disappointing. Praise actually lifts our heavy heart. Praise, when, praise is something that we give to God, but praise is actually a gift from God to you. It's an incredible gift that as you choose every day to praise God, just as every day you put on garments, He lifts your heavy heart and He will put hope and joy into your heart. You, You can't see it visibly, but it's real. There's an inner healing that happens as we choose not to live in despair, but to remember our identity, to put on our crown, Not allow our suffering to define our identity. To receive, put your arms open wide and receive God's Holy Spirit who He promised would comfort us in troubled times and heal us from the inside out. And choose 
even in the moments when you don't feel like it, to praise Him because it's a gift from God to you. It's something you've got to put on every day to lift the heaviness in your heart and to receive His healing power. Now, the reality is, when Isaiah speaks this message, the majority of people couldn't see beyond their suffering and they rejected the message of hope, they rejected God and the majority of people never returned to their homeland. They stayed put. The reality is the majority of people couldn't see beyond their suffering. They, they refused to put their hope in God for healing and they continued to live in despair. But there was a remnant. Isaiah talks about a remnant that will return, a remnant that put their hope in Christ. In the end of these couple of verses here, it says that, that, that God would do such a beautiful work out of their brokenness that they would display to the world the beauty and the splendor of God. The end of verse 3, it says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Just like a beautiful forest displays the splendor of God, God is going to do such a beautiful work in their brokenness and their disappointment and their pain. He's going to give them such hope and such healing that they would display the beauty of God to the world around them. And I know some of these things don't really help my beauty too much, so I'll just put them down. Hey, uh, I just want to go back to the promise of Isaiah just for a minute. Promise of hope and healing. You know, God came through on His promise. They did discover hope. They were returned to their land. Everything God promised happened. He poured out His healing into their lives, but they turned their back on God again. And 700 years later, you know, people were living in despair again and were now oppressed by Rome. And Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he, uh, he shares those same verses from Isaiah 61. And he said, today, this promise is completely fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus offers hope and healing, not just to the nation of Israel, but to all people everywhere, all over the world. And you know, the majority of people rejected Jesus. There's only a remnant who put their faith in him and they began to take his hope and healing to the nations. He says, the whole world's now, Jesus said to him, the whole world's now yours. Go and take it to the nations. But 2,000 years later, the story hasn't changed that much. The majority of people still reject Jesus' offer of healing and hope. That's a good offer. It's an offer of certain hope. It's not just wishful thinking. The hope of Jesus is actually anchored in time. He came to earth. He was born of a virgin in a manger. He, he, he lived a perfect life and he died a perfect death for you. He put your sin to death, all of your rejection of God to death, what separated you from God's hope and healing. He took upon himself and he put it to death on that cross. And on the third day, he rose from the dead and he defeated, we sang about it this morning, he defeated the power of sin and death once and for all. Do you believe that this morning? 
And you know, the reality is that we're all living somewhat in the delay of deliverance. You know, there's a time when Jesus will come again as the reigning King and He will usher in His kingdom and all things will be made right once and for all. But right now, we're waiting in this delay of deliverance. And the question I have for all of us is, are we going to be a people who live in despair? Or are we going to be part of the remnant today in this nation who puts their hope in God to bring change in the world today? Are we going to be a people who will fight for circumstantial change while there's still people suffering in the world? That we will fight to see people find freedom from slavery, to see people that are hungry get fed? Will we fight today for circumstantial change? And will we be a people today that in the midst of our hurts will receive the healing power of Jesus? Because as followers of Jesus today, we are called to take the hope and the healing of Jesus to the nations. But you can only take what you've already received for yourself. I wonder if some of us this morning just need to put our hope in Jesus. I'm going to ask every eye to close and head to bow. If you're here this morning and today, you'd say it's my day to put my faith in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I want to receive His hope and healing. Maybe you've rejected Him in the past. Maybe you've stood on the fence. Maybe you've just been hanging around church for a while, but today's your day. I want to lead you in a prayer. Can I get you to raise your hand right now if that's you? Today's your day to put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Tonight his hope and healing in your life. Come on, just stick your hand up right now. I know there's some of you here. Some of you are young people. Some of you are older people. But right now, just stick your hand up so I can see it. Just say, I'm putting my faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour today. Bless you. That's cool. Who else today? Who else today? Come on, I know there's more of you. Just put your faith in Jesus today. You want to pray? with me today and ask Jesus to come in and to forgive your sin and to heal you from the inside out. One last chance. If that's you, join the others that are praying with you. Just stick your hand up just so I can see it just for a moment. Bless you. That's awesome. Who else today? Just pray with me. If that's you today, just pray with me. Father God, thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you that He died on a cross to save me from my sin. I put my faith in You today, Jesus, to restore my relationship with God and to know Your hope and healing every day of my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.